Hey, Reach Paramount, welcome to our podcast. We really hope this message encourages and challenges you as you walk with the Lord every day. Enjoy this message. Before you sit down, turn to someone and say, you're in the right place at the right time right now. Well, we welcome all of you. You can be seated this morning. We're glad you're in the house of God, and we're going to have a great time this morning. Uh, We are starting a new series that we are calling Walking with God, Walking with God. And I believe it's important that we walk with God. And when we think about walking, you have to think about closeness. You have to talk about nearness. And really, who you're close to will influence your life. Well, I'll put it in uh, the hood version. Who you hang with is who you become, right? And so you need to be careful who you walk with, who you talk with, who you associate with, because the closer you associate to that person, the more you're influenced by them. And so I want to talk about the closeness and walking with God, because when you walk with God, it will be displayed in your life. It will, you'll begin to see the fruit of your life because you're someone that is walking close with God. And it's also important putting a distance between us and ungodly influence or toxic influence. And so our goal today is to walk close with God. And so I want to read you kind of our theme scripture here as we open up this series. And I, I do want to say this This message today will be kind of an introduction uh, to the messages that we'll be preaching the rest of this month, but I believe it'll give you a great foundation as to where we're going with this series, Walking with God. And in Micah chapter 6, verse number 8, I'm going to read this verse of Scripture. It said, The Lord has told you what is good. He's already told you. And this is what He requires of you. God requires this of you to do what is right, to love mercy, and then it says to walk humbly with your God, to walk humbly with your God. So let's, let's pray as we dive in this message today. Father, we thank you for your Holy Spirit. We thank you for the people of God that are gathered here this morning. Lord, we know today there are people that are sitting in this room that are in different places in their life, in state of mind, in state of heart, in situation. But God, I I, I just pray today, God, that your word would speak to their lives and that the word of God would come alive. They would be open to the word today. I pray for the anointing of the Holy Spirit as I declare your word in Jesus' name. Everybody said? So let's just talk about walking in general. I don't know how many walkers we got in here, but um, you know that you enjoy walking when you're willing to park across the street, right? Right here at the, at the school here. Uh, we know the people that don't like to walk, they want to get the first parking right here, right? Uh, or when you go to the shopping mall, whether you go to Walmart or wherever you decide, you, you're fighting to get the first parking, you know? And rather than parking farther away, you're looking for the closest parking because you're probably one of those people that don't like to walk. Uh, but they say, according to medical studies that walking is probably the most profitable form of physical exercise because they say that you don't really need any special equipment. Really, you just need good supporting shoes to help you walk. 
And one of the things that they say is that regular walking, now I know I'm not going to be preaching about exercising, but maybe some of you could use this a little bit here, but uh, they said that it reduces the risk of a lot of health problems, heart disease, obesity, diabetes, high blood pressure, depression, that when you walk, it stimulates your heart, stimulates your lungs, it strengthens your bones and muscle, and it actually increases the blood flow in your body. And it helps you with some weight loss. That's, a, that's good already. And so uh, they're encouraging today, especially in today's world, uh, because we have a problem today with health, that uh, Americans should walk more, find places and opportunities to walk. That's why I'm saying that if you get to a shopping mall, it may be good for you to park further away so that you can take a little walk. Rather than take the elevator, you walk the stairs. I know that's hard to believe for some of you. Uh, if, if you if you have a dog, maybe walk that dog once in a while, right? Uh, uh, or instead of you know you 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 walk across from one office to another instead of just sending an email. Why not why not just go over and take a little further walk? So anyway, that's my tip for the day. But uh, they say that Americans actually walk about four to five thousand steps a day. And uh, that means you walk, if you did that, you would walk about 115,000 miles by the time uh, in a lifetime. So uh, when we talk about walking, it's really good. But today, I want to talk about your spiritual walk. Your spiritual walk. Because we're talking about a walk of faith. And we're not talking about the physical, but we're talking about the spiritual when you're walking, walking with God, it empowers and strengthens your spiritual life. And when we talk about walking with God, we're talking about a Christian that is walking hand in hand with God. It displays dedication. It displays devotion. It displays persistence. And yet in the word of God, it's mentioned various places. God uses the term walking with him or they'll say that this person walk with God in fact in Genesis chapter 5 verse 24 it says that Enoch walked with God another place that talks about Noah it says uh, Noah was a righteous man he was blameless among the people of his time and what he walked in close fellowship with God so walking is not an activity that is reserved for Sunday. Walking with God is something we should do every day. Somebody say amen. amen. So what happens when you walk close with someone? What happens when you walk side by side with someone? Uh, you're paying attention to what they're saying to you. Let's say, for example, you're enjoying a walk around the park with a good friend or with your uh, fiance, or with your wife, or your best friend, and there you are, you're engaging in conversation, you're talking, you're having a conversation about whatever issue, you're sharing your heart, and you're paying attention to that person. And when you're paying attention, you're very intentional about not being disrupted. You don't want anything to interfere in your conversation as you're walking with that person, uh, you're kind of avoiding any distraction because you want to make sure you're hearing what they're saying to you. You're engaged and you're close in your conversation 
with that person. But what often happens is we're not careful. We bring along this cell phone. And now as you're walking and talking, you're, you're texting. You're looking at your social media. You're answering phone calls. You're texting. How many know that, that kind of disrupts the whole walking thing already? Kind of disrupts the whole closeness of the relationship because now you've allowed this other communication to disrupt your communication with the person you're walking with. And friend, I want you to realize today that if we don't get rid of some of the distractions that we have in our life, it's going to be hard to hear from God. It's going to be hard to get close to God. And so again, meeting with God and walking with God is not something that's reserved for Sunday, but I believe it needs to be every day. And so when the Bible speaks about walking, it's talking about a lifestyle. It's talking about a way of life. It's talking about walking in alignment with God. In fact, when you read the Bible, it makes this term in Galatians chapter 5, 16. It says, I say then walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. So what is walking in the spirit? I believe it's walking in alignment with his word. It's walking in agreement with God. So let me just say it this way. The closer you walk with God, the less you'll fulfill your sinful nature. If you're always falling, if you're always falling into sin, if you're always doing what's wrong, it's probably because you're not walking close to God. You're walking close to something else. It's harder to sin when you're walking with God. Am I right? But to walk with God means you're going to have to choose to glorify him in every way regardless of what it costs you. There is a cost to walking with God. There is a cost. And the cost is the closer relationship you have with God, the more other people may not want to walk with you anymore. Because you're not walking in the same direction that you used to walk in. You're not walking in their direction, right? And so what begins to happen is you'll begin to lose some close association, even friendship, because you're not walking in stride with them any longer. In fact, uh, Psalms 1-1 said, blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked. So you're not walking in step. You're not walking in stride with those that, that are not following God. In fact, let me remind you, BC, before Christ, remember before you met Christ, a lot of us were not walking with God at all. We could tell where you were walking and what place you were going. Your morals and your way of life was not in alignment with God. In fact, it'd be more in alignment with the devil. Am I right? With Satan. Look what the Bible says in Ephesians 2. It says, and you were dead in your trespasses and, and sin in which you formerly walked. You were walking according to the age of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air. The spirit who now works, what? In the sons of disobedience. So many people that attempt to walk with God, they bring more than a cell phone. They bring bad habits. They bring all kinds of sin. They bring in toxic relationships. They bring in stuff that man is hindering them. And this is the place where we really have to decide how we're going to walk. We need to get rid of some of the baggage that we're walking with. And the only one that can get rid of them for you is God. 
And so we walk around with this baggage, and, and it's not going to be in alignment with God. Look at what the Bible says in Amos chapter 3, verse 3. Can two walk together except they agree? So if you're walking with someone in the same direction, you have to be in agreement. That means our lives have to be in alignment. Our thoughts, our actions have to be in alignment with God. Somebody say amen. amen. It's not difficult, let's just be honest, to identify people who walk with God. You can tell. There are a lot of people who say they're a Christian, but their walk says something else. They're walking a whole different, their walk doesn't align with what they're saying. Isn't it amazing after you say you're a Christian at work, somebody else says, oh, I've been a Christian. You go, you've been a Christian? Are you sure, man? I've watched your walk. Yeah, it don't seem like you're walking with God. Am I, am I right? I mean, you, the fruit of your life, the Bible says, Galatians 5.22, but the Holy Spirit produces the fruit of what? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. There is no law against these things. But most people are walking according to their selfish desires. It says in Galatians 5.19, when you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful uh, pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger. Have I got anybody yet? Self-ambition, dissension, div div division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. Let me tell you again, I've, I've had before that anyone living this sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. So it's very apparent that God has some qualification and God has some requirements today that if we're going to serve him, we have to walk according to the way he calls us to walk. Our life is the walk. Our relationship with God is the walk. And so write this down. I'm, I'm going to give you the first point. A lot of you thought that was my point. That was my introduction this morning. My first point is this. We have to walk with God daily. And I want to share some simple uh, points with you about walking with God daily. Again, this is not a yearly walk. This is not a monthly walk. This is not a weekly walk. It is a daily walk every day. In fact, in the very beginning in the book of Genesis, the Bible says when Adam and Eve were there, that the scripture literally says that God came down in the cool of the day and they heard the sound of God walking through the garden. Almost as if God says, hey, I've come so we can take a walk together. Isn't that awesome? He came walking through the cool of the garden. I don't know how even to picture that, but somehow they must have had a daily walk together. And he's coming, walking through the cool of the, uh, uh, in the cool of the day in the garden. And so, uh, again, walking is not something, walking with God is not something we just do on Sunday, but it's something that we're supposed to do every day. And, and if we're not careful, our relationship with God is only about an encounter and an experience. I've got to have this encounter. I've got to have this experience. And it becomes about uh, an experience rather than a relationship. I have to have this encounter with God. It's not an encounter with God. It's walking with God in relationship. Isaiah chapter 40 verse 31 says, They that wait upon the Lord, what shall renew their strength? And they shall mount up with wings of eagles. They shall run 
and not be weary, and they shall walk and what? Not faint or become tired. Now, let me just say this. Isn't it wonderful to soar? It's wonderful when you are serving God and it seems like your life is soaring. It seems like you're mounting up like wings of eagle. It means that it's like you're above the clouds. You're above the storm. I mean, I love it when life seems that way. You're the head and not the tail. Things are just happening for you. You're soaring and everybody, you know, is below. And you're, you're, I mean, it's awesome. You're running and everything's happening great. But I'm going to tell you, most of life, you're not going to be soaring. You're not going to be running. Most of life, you're going to be walking. You're going to be walking. But here's the issue, and let's just be honest. Most of us, when you watch uh, any kind of sporting event when it comes to running or walking, we like running. We like to cheer those that are running. In fact, let me just show you a video of this guy running. He's retired now, but, man, this guy was a fast runner. Usain Bolt, man, this guy was just bad. Look at everybody cheering. Everybody's excited. You hear the roar. And then he just takes off. Man, he has left them all behind. See, we all like to be running. We like to hear the cheering. Am I right? I mean, that's what we like. We love that. And we usually are not cheering for walkers, though. (laughs) Nobody cheers the walkers. We like to cheer the runners. But we don't realize that it takes a lot to walk. Now, I want to show you this video here. This guy is an Olympic walker. And the more you go further, the more stride you get, okay? Now, the reason I'm telling you all of this is there is a technique to it. And they say that, you know, you have to walk in a straight line, all of these different. And I've seen people, uh, you know, they, they say, they, you know, we're going to walk fast. And I see they're not walking, they're now running. See, when you're, literally when you run, both feet are in the air. But when you walk, if you're walking correctly, you have one foot on the ground. But most of us are not cheering for these walkers. In fact, when you see them walking, it looks like they're headed for a beeline to the the restroom, right? Or, and nobody says, oh, you know, when you ask the kid, hey, what do you want to do for them? I want to be a walker, yes. Most of us, we want to be the runner. We want to be like that guy, guy Boat, you know, and we want the cheering. But I want to just say to you that as you get older, you're going to find out that walking is important. And getting older, really, you begin to realize, I need to, I need to walk more because one day the doctor is going to check your heart. And he's going to see whether or not you're a walker or not. And when you have that doctor's appointment, you're going to see if you got the blood flowing in you. And I want to just say this to this, to all of you that are here this morning, that one day we're going to go before God. And he's going to see if you've been walking with him or not. That's why it's important that we walk. Something that I've been doing for a while, my wife and I, we walk almost every day. There are some days that said, nah, I'm not going this morning. It's not going to happen. You know, but we, we, we try to walk almost daily, and, um, you know, we, we try to keep that up. We've been doing it for a number of years, over 20 years, that we walk. We'll walk in the morning. That's our opportunity to talk, but it's also an opportunity to get the body moving, get the, get the uh, blood flowing. But here's the thing that I, I want to say to you. The enemy hates it when you walk with God. 
Satan hates it. It's his mission to do everything that he can to stop you and, and distract you from walking. In fact, the Bible says this about Satan in Revelation chapter 12, verse 10. It says, for the accuser of our brethren who accused them before our God day and night. So the devil brings accusation and charges against us, uh, not just uh, one time, but day and night. He is doing everything he can to discourage us, uh, to get us to a place where we no longer want to walk with God, uh, and he begins to condemn us. The Bible says in John 10.10 10, uh, that he's the thief that comes to steal kill and destroy and so that is his mission in life is to discourage you with everything that he can and to bother you and to hinder you from walking with God because I believe at the end of the day God is looking for some faithful walkers can you say amen and those that you know what you don't care about how you look when you walk you don't care if anybody's cheering you don't care if nobody's, uh, you know, you don't hear a roar. All you care about, man, I'm not walking by sight. I'm walking by faith, and I'm keeping my eyes on God, whether people are cheering or not. There's an interesting book, and I, I would recommend it for people to kind of read it. It's, it's an older book. It's a book written by a guy named Peter Jenkins, and he wrote it back in 1979, and you might have heard of it. It's called A Walk Across America. And it became a bestseller because it was an unbelievable experience. In 1973, this guy decided to walk 5,000 miles across America. And the way he did it, listen to this story. He, walked, he worked many odd jobs along the way. It took him five years to do it. He carried a 70-pound backpack. He walked through the Appalachian Trail. He walked through the New Orleans, walked through Texas. He walked through the Rocky Mountains. He walked through blizzards. He went through the heat in the 120-degree desert. He was attacked by animals. <clears throat> he was attacked by dogs. He was bitten by snakes. He was even hit by a car. His dog that was with him was run over by a truck and it was killed. He was mugged three times. Stabbed one time, nearly died of influenza. Man, that's a heavy price to be walking. He was cheated. He was everything. This guy went through it all. Believe it or not, when you read this story, he actually became a Christian. He got saved in Alabama at a revival thing. As he was walking by, he seen this revival tent and gave his life to Christ. So it's pretty amazing. So with all of that, with all of that, I mean everything that he went through, all the experiences that happened in his life, with all of those experiences, 120-degree weather, blizzards, you know, all these things that came, they, they asked him this question. The reporter sat down with him, or a journalist, a journalist sat down with him and said, what is the greatest thing that made you come close to giving up and to stop walking? Now, you're not going to believe what his answer was. But this is what he said, the sand in my shoes. He said, wait a minute. The journalist says, hold on a second. You mean, I would have thought because you got hit by a car, you got sick, almost died, your dog almost got run over, or your dog got run over, all these things happened in your life. You're saying the thing that almost made you quit 
was a little piece of sand in your shoes? And he said, yes. He said, it was the sand in my shoe, the grains of sand that would get in my shoes. And I would be at places sometimes where I couldn't buy any new pair of shoes. And so I had to walk with these shoes. And it, it seemed like I could never get the sand out. And the sand would grind. These little, these little pieces of sand, uh, it was the little thing, not the big thing. These little grains of sand almost made me want to quit. Think about that today. Sometimes it's not the big things that happen in your life. Sometimes it's the little things that cause you to want to quit. In fact, I would say to you, there's sometimes it's not the big things that cause people to walk away from God. It's those little things over time that cause them to walk away from God. Now, I know there's some exceptions, but sometimes big things actually cause people to get closer to God. Cause them to focus more on God. And sometimes it's those big things that happen in their life that cause them to pray and talk to God. But sometimes it's those little things day after day. The little piece of sand that get in your spiritual shoes that cause you to want to quit. That little things that you begin to hear. Those little grinds of, of sand that get in your shoes, those, those little words that you hear from people, the gossip, the resentment, the little unforgiveness in your life, the, the little hates that you harbor, the little secrets that you keep, the judgment of, on other people that you have, your, your life that has been bruised by things, your comparison, the broken promises, the little bitterness, the little lust in your life. It's the little sand that wants to cause you to quit. The little sand in your spiritual shoes, the little disappointment and discouragement and worry and fear that grind at you day after day. It's the little hurt that could wear you down. It's the daily worry that may want you or cause you to give up. In fact, write this down. It's the little things that hinder you, not the big things. And this is amazing how this guy talks about it was the sand the sand, the pieces of sand in his shoes that caused them to want to quit. I begin to think about the power of sand. Have you got anybody familiar with a sandblaster? Man, a sandblaster can take paint off of anything. I mean, it, it, it's just the power of that sand. I believe it's the little temptation, the little hurts, the little offenses, the little situations that pile up time after time that cause people in church to want to quit. It's not the heat, it's not the cold, it's the sand. Look at what the Bible says in Psalm 42, verse 10. As with a sword in my bones, my enemies reproach me while they say daily unto me, where is your God? He said it was like a sword in his heart. It, that people are just saying daily to him, where is your God? How many of us have heard that word from the enemy? Where is your God? How come he hasn't answered your prayer? How come your financial situation hasn't changed? How come that person you prayed for died? How come this person you prayed for is still sick? It's those little words, where's your God? It's the little pieces of sand that get in our spiritual shoes. How come your family you've been praying for still ain't saved? It's the little pieces of sand, daily, where is your God? How come your marriage isn't restored? Where is your God? How come situations haven't changed? It's the little sand that gets in our shoes. 
It's not visible on the outside. It's the spiritual shoes that we wear. It's not the big thing. It's the little things that get inside of us, get inside of our heart. It's the little crevices in our soul that are contaminated by sand. And that want to cause us to say, you know what? I can't do this anymore. I'm going to quit. I can't serve God. And then we put the fake smile. How's it going, brother? Oh, everything's good. But they don't see the sand in your shoes. In fact, I was thinking about the story of Nehemiah who was rebuilding the walls of Jerusalem. And as he was rebuilding them, and he had just finished rebuilding a great portion of the wall, the Bible says the enemies came to him. And look at what it says here in Nehemiah chapter 6. It says, and Sambalath, Tobiah, uh, Jeshem, and the Arab, and the rest of our enemies found out that I had finished rebuilding the wall and that no gaps remained, though we had not yet set up the doors of the gate. So Sambalath and Jeshem sent a message asking me to meet them at one of the village in the plain of Ono. Oh, no, don't go to oh, no. Amen. But I realized they were plotting to harm me. So I replied by sending this message to them. I'm engaged in a great work, so I can't come. Why should I stop working to come and meet with you? And they said four times, not one message, but four times. They sent the same message, and each time I gave them the same reply. And then it's how you summarize it. They were hoping, what, to intimidate me and make me sin. Then they would be able to accuse and discredit me. And amazing, Nehemiah was dealing with San by a guy named Sambalat. Amen, was his name. Sambalat was the one that was trying to intimidate him, stop him. What about Samson? It was the little sand in his hair that caused him to fall. She kept wanting Delilah with the sand in his hair, wanting to know the secret of his strength. It was the little sand in his hair that caused him to say, you know what, I'm going to give up. I don't think I can make it. Bible says in Psalm 73, verse 2, David said, I finally reached a place as for my feet were almost gone. Could it be that the sand had gotten in David's life? The little things that sometimes hinder us. Look what the Bible says here in Psalms chapter 2, verse 15. Cat the foxes for us. It's the little foxes that spoil the vineyard. For our vineyards are in blossom. Do you know that foxes are more like meat eaters? But do you realize in Israel, many times when they cannot catch the rabbits or the birds, they go after the fruit. And when you planted a vineyard, uh, a vineyard of grapes, what they would do is these foxes would somehow go in there and, and, and chew at the, uh, the new shoots that were coming out. And sometimes they would go all the way into the root and basically eat. Or these pesky little animals would eat at the root. And if these small little animals, I mean, these, these foxes are small. They're not big animals, but yet they can cause great damage. And to a farmer, to a person that's planting a vineyard, they hate these little foxes. And that's why I said, it's the little foxes that spoil the vine. It's not the lion. It's not the bear. It's those little things that we often think are not a big thing that get into our lives. And we want to give up. Nothing affects us more than those little things that get in. Have you ever noticed when you go to the beach that it's hard to get the sand off of you? 
I don't care how many times you put your foot under that shower and, and get in there and focus. By the time you walk just another foot, you got sand on you again. And then by the time you get in the car, you go, man, how did I get sand in my shoe? I mean, I, I did the whole thing, and now you got sand in your shoe. And I really hate going to the beach. I'll, I'll be honest. I'll tell you why. Because somehow when we start eating the hot dog or that burger, I start chewing some sand. <laughs> Happens every time. I try to, like, keep everything clean, nobody around me, nothing, and just trying to, you know, put the little mustard on there and everything. And then, okay, I, I guard it. There's no sand. And I start chewing it, and sure enough, there's some piece of sand. I go, man, I hate going to the beach and eating it. I can't stand it. That's why when the church wants to go to the beach, I go, go ahead, have at it. I, I just, you know, I just, I just don't enjoy it because there's always a little piece of sand that gets in our food or gets in our shoes. Am I right? How do we get this sand out? We got to come to Jesus. Matthew 11, it says, come to me, all you who are tired from carrying heavy loads, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke and put it on you and learn from me because I am gentle and humble in spirit and you will find rest. For the yoke I will give you is easy and the load I will put on you is light. See, if you got sand in your shoes, if you're tired, if you're stressed, if you're filled with anxiety, man, why don't you put on God's yoke on you today? You know, this yoke that Jesus was talking about with the yoke that were put on animals or oxen to carry a load. And it was a shared load between the both of them. That way, it wasn't just one oxen carrying it, but there was another animal that was helping them. And Jesus is saying, hey, I'll put on the yoke, you put on the yoke, and I'll make it easy for you. You can't carry the load by yourself. I'll help you. In fact, they said that usually what they would do is they would be put a more experienced oxen to show the less experienced auction how to do it. So now you're walking with somebody that's already walked the walk. He's Jesus. He's already took the pain. He already walked the walk for you. He's gone through everything. He said, take my yoke. I'll help you through it. Come on to me, all those who are tired, all those who are weary, and I will give you rest. I'll carry that load for you. Some of us today, you're carrying loads. You're carrying things in your life today that you just need to put on the yoke of Jesus. Help him carry that load for you. He'll help you in your walk. When you're tired, when you feel like giving up, when you got the sand in your shoes and you feel like, man, I don't think I can make it, let Jesus. He said, come to me. Come to me. In fact, why don't we just pray right now? Why don't we bow our heads? Close our eyes right now for just a moment. Holy Spirit, we need to come to you today. Lord, we thank you today that you help us carry this yoke. You help us carry this burden. Lord, sometimes it's not a heavy load. Sometimes it's just a little piece of the sand that get in our lives and gets in our hearts and gets in our minds today that disrupt us. But help us, Father, today. Lord, because your word says you give us rest. Learn from you, for your yoke is easy and your burden is light. Thank you, Lord. Help us to come to you today. Help us to surrender. Help us to even admit that we got some sand in our shoes today. Some of us today, we're just not being honest. We got some sand in our shoes. But with every head bowed and every eye closed, 
Thanks so much for listening to this message from Reach Church Paramount. To stay connected with us, follow us on Instagram or Facebook at Reach Paramount. To give and support this podcast and ministry, visit our website at reachparamount.com slash give.